0: Welcome to The Dark Academicals, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia
1: one book at a time. I'm Sophie Waters. And I'm Sarah Purnell. And this episode, we are looking at The Cloisters by Katie Hayes. It's the summer after graduation, and Anna secured a spot in the postgraduate summer programme at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. But when she arrives, she's reassigned to the Met Cloisters and launched into the art of the early Renaissance. Joining a small team of researchers, they begin a frantic search for the origins of divination and tarot in 15th century Italy. The lead researcher, Patrick, believes that here lies the origin of modern fortune telling and is desperate to be the one to uncover the proof and present it at, at an academic conference. As the sweltering New York summer drags on, the toxic power games become tangled with tarot obsession and betrayal. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: I loved this book. And I know you did too. Yeah. (laughs) It was everything I wanted from it. Mm. Same. Big fan. Big fan. But before we get into that, I suppose we should do our episode admin. So, the content warnings for this book are murder, grief, death, toxic relationships and drug use. And this is your spoiler warning for the episode we will be talking about um the book in full and there are some big reveals at the (laughs) end that we will be discussing so be warned if you haven't quite finished the book just yet
1: and if you haven't already subscribed to our mailer i urge that you do so because it's great and you can sign up at the dark academicals book Com, and mailers go out every other week alongside the podcasts
0: and also when we're on break from the podcast they keep going so you're never really free of us if you it sign never up stops. to the mailer <laughs> it never
1: ends <laughs> no <laughs>
0: okay so why did we choose the cloisters
1: i mean the cover Oh Does that count? God, Does cover. that count?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Waterstones exclusive edition oh. is a work of art? Absolutely stunning. If you haven't uh, peeked at
1: those sprayed edges, do yourself a favor? <laughs> I mean, obviously we checked the summary first. You can't just pick for on a cover, not for no. the podcast. In life, Never. you can. In <laughs> life, you can just pick a book based on its cover, but not for the podcast. No. Because it's also pitched as Ninth House Meets the Secret History.
0: And yep. what more could we want <laughs> from that summary, you know? It was, it was meant to be. <laughs> I've had that book on my shelf since... When did it come out? It must have been January, I think, wasn't it? It's been sitting there taunting me. I mean, I thought I had it months. on my
1: shelf. <laughs> I thought I bought it. Well, I think I'd even spoke to you about buying it. And I never did. Apparently, yeah, because I thought you'd pre-ordered the
0: the exclusive edition as well, mm. but apparently not. Um, maybe it'll turn up. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> this is Waterstones. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Okay, so as ever, we will be running through our tropes of Dark Academia to see how the Cloisters measures up. And if you want more information on them, you can go to our Introduction to Dark Academia episode, which gives you the full breakdown uh, of how we came to that and why we chose those those tropes.
1: Would you like to kick us off? I, I would. So the first one is... A higher education setting, often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way? So no. Sort of. But <laughs> it's one of those ones. It's like, on a technicality, no.
0: But everything else about it feels like it because it's a
1: it's a research setting
0: yeah. in in a museum.
1: So the whole I mean it's still studious, like it's still got like a campus vibe because they all go to this they all go like th- three of them turn up to the same <laughs> <coughs> the same place every day that's very reminiscent of those um which what we'll talked about in a minute the gothic old institutions
0: yeah it, i mean in a lot of ways it had more studying and investigation and educational elements than some books we've read recently that are actually set in a university so yeah that's true (laughs) it's it's very much in the studies
1: yeah and it's like it is a postgraduate program so they are Mm. they have come through that system and they're still kind of working towards getting that final placement to get a good career in what they think that they want to work in
0: yeah they're working towards careers in academia aren't they really yeah so that, that definitely applies, even if on a technicality it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Next up we have Secret Societies, which I think is another one that's, like, technically no,
1: but the vibes are right. <laughs> I mean, The Cloisters feels like a secret society, but that... it It's not, but, like, because they're almost a law unto themselves, aren't yeah. they? And when... When she goes to the Met to what she thinks is her assignment and then she gets reassigned and they all kind of meet each other in like an induction type scenario, don't they? So they're kind of meeting the other people that are working over the summer on the different internships or whatever they are, scholarship thingies. Um, And they're all a little bit like... the. You're gonna be at the cloisters, are you it already has a reputation a bit like a secret society yeah, and then once once she's in that, she doesn't really
0: interact with anyone outside of the cloisters for okay. the rest of the novel other than you know strained phone calls with her mum
1: yeah that that's and, it and I suppose it it still has that element of even though she's in the secret the secret society if you wanna call it that she's still there's still that element of her being like on the outside, trying to get in, Mm. because she, for quite a little while, she's not in on what um, Patrick and- Rachel. Rachel, that's the one. (laughs) Like they have their, always have their secret society within the secret society. Yeah, and then she's kind of like, they test her, don't they? Yeah.
0: For her to kind of gain admittance into their secrets. Which is very reminiscent of the secret
1: history. Yeah. Because exactly what um, Henry does. And it's just as utterly ridiculous as the one in the secret <laughs> history. Isn't it really? yeah. Like the way that this man is so utterly obsessed with the most absurd thing. Mm-hmm. You I could see
0: Henry becoming Patrick. If yeah he definitely. If he lived that long.
1: Definitely. And it's not... It's not that the academia is absurd or even, like, the area that he's studying. It's just the way that he goes about it, Mm -hmm. which ultimately leads to his downfall. Yeah. It's just bonkers. It is. It's so intense, isn't it? Yeah. But
0: really interesting. I I found myself really kind of, like, engaged and invested in these tarot cards. It felt really high stakes, even though it's not
1: yeah (laughs) but I guess that's yeah I suppose even though like from the outside like even if you just imagine that that was something that was actually going on within an area of academia like Mm -hmm. to the outside world it makes no difference yeah and that's the kind of interesting thing about academia which I think is sort of highlighted in this book is that to the outer like to the to the everyone else looking in it's like what are you doing yeah, I think that
0: also kind of works into, I'm jumping ahead a little bit to old money here, um, but that kind of plays into that idea that if you are of the right class and status and wealth, that's the thing that's available to you.
1: Yeah, You
0: can deep dive on obscure pieces of academia and make that your career or your life's work because your focus isn't putting dinner on the table. Yeah, paying your bills
1: because for no, why is her name? Why is her? Why have all the names gone? <laughs> Rachel, Anne, no, Anne. It's Anne oh, okay. It. Because for Anne, when she talks about her specialisation, which is Renaissance, a very particular part of Renaissance mm. art, isn't it? Yeah, medieval and Renaissance art. Um, it, and the conversations she has with people, it's quite clear that they feel like her um specialisation is a little bit redundant. Yeah. And it it means more for her because for her to not have a job at the end of it would mean having to go back home and going back home is somewhere she does not want to go. Yeah. And she'll have to go back to being a
0: waitress. And yeah, yeah it's, it's Whereas, the end of her career, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Whereas for the likes of Rachel and Patrick, like if it doesn't work out, well, they're not, it doesn't, it's not going to challenge them in any other way like they're not gonna not have a roof over their heads and not have a house and not like they've already got all those things sorted yeah they could carry on with their studies under their own steam.
0: they don't need the funding of the institution behind them no yeah squirreled a bit there onto (laughs) old money (coughs) but if we go back to old gothic architecture Mm -hmm. and that is a big yes big like i've i've been to the met and it's stunning and impressive. But I didn't even know the Cloisters existed. And then I Googled it and now I'm kicking myself. <laughs> because I have been so close and I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> it's, it feels like it was designed to be the setting of a Dark Academia yeah. story.
1: I mean, I was only vaguely aware of it as a thing. But yeah, it wasn't until like, I read this book and then looked it up like, properly kind of appreciated what it what it is. Yeah. It's, so it's a, uh,
0: it's basically an archive museum, isn't it? So it has like lots of the things that the Met doesn't display or show are stored there. Yeah. But there it, are also galleries and art and lots of research. But yeah. On, but on a much more specific level than the met because obviously the met covers such a broad stretch of art and history and cultural everything whereas i think the cloisters is specifically medieval and renaissance isn't it
1: yeah it says so um it says on good old wikipedia (laughs) um the museum specializes in european medieval art and architecture with a focus on the romanesque and gothic periods Mm. see gothic tick box <laughs> it's definitely also even though i'd say the building itself when you're reading it feels very gothic yeah. But if you have a look at actual pictures of it it's definitely more of that renaissance like florence medici style building mm. it, it looks it's romantic still, doesn't it yeah but it, i think it still has that gothic element just based on its subject matter if that makes sense like for what its space it's for the space that it's used for yeah especially like the used...
0: yeah and the spaces that we see in the novel yeah cuz we see the little research rooms and the little offices tucked away at the back we see the the cold corridors the big thick stone walls that are like shielding them from the intense summer heat in new york yeah. you know it's
1: it's and then and then when you have also like their tarot reading sessions mm-hmm. that just doubles down on the gothic feel as well yeah
0: definitely definitely. especially when like, they're surrounded by bits of the gothic like true gothic art as well
1: and do you know what do you
0: want to know when it was built I do yeah
1: 1935
0: <laughs> good old America <laughs> <laughs> <Oops>.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but yet, that doesn't lose it. That doesn't make it lose any of its gravitas, does it?
1: No, not at all.
0: Yeah. I, I would very much like to go. <laughs> Let's go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hot at the minute. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, give it a while. Give it a few months. It'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> so next up we have preoccupation with classical studies, Latin, Greek, literature and philosophy. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, can you get more classical than uh, Renaissance?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I suppose maybe we need to add art onto this. I think we might do, mightn't we? Uh I know it starts there and I suppose it is still, the tarot is still kind of about the art, but it mm. becomes more about like the philosophy behind it and the, yeah. the cultural, like meaning of it rather mm. than the actual artwork itself. Yeah, so they're they're basically
0: looking at divination and the origins of using tarot um, as a form of fortune telling in the way that it's used in modern times. And they they think that's in the early 1400s in Italy. So they're looking for certain cards and the accompanying kind of um, letters and diaries uh, from a family that owned these cards that kind of connects all that together. Um, so, yeah, we weren't kidding about, like, hyper-specific academic focus yeah. there. And they but, they.
1: but they also, all of them in some way, kind of believe in the fortune-telling, mm. like, power of the cards. In a really insidious way. Yeah.
0: It feels like, because Anne at first is like, yeah, I don't believe it. I appreciate the art. I think it's cool. But that's as far as it goes. But she gets really sucked in, doesn't she? Yeah. And how many times can Sophie refer to the secret history? But it also connects in that way, you know? Because they they kind of introduce the idea of the back now and like the significance and the importance of it. And it's it slowly kind of seeps into everything and takes over. The way they view the world and the way yeah. they, they see everything they're doing. And that, that same thing happens.
1: And it, it's similar in the sense that they use... a They basically use drugs to mm. enhance the experience as well. Which is exactly like the Bacchanal scene. Yeah, exactly. Definitely.
0: It's just... It's so good, and it's so clever, and it works so well against the
1: secret (laughs) history, and it makes me happy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, so speaking of one of the most important parts of the secret history, murder. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely some of that. Yeah.
0: So we have Patrick. Mm -hmm. We have Anne's dad. Although I guess that's technically manslaughter, but... yeah. Um, is that it? Um,
1: Rachel, it? Rachel, Rachel. Also, Rachel's parents.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Some of them are a little bit. um Did they? Didn't they? Yeah. Oh,
0: and also Rachel's roommate. That's off page. Um, oh yeah. But it's all there. Jaw. You know I was actually scouring Goodreads. You know, as you do and there were a lot of reviews criticizing the ending and that it was really wishy-washy and that you know people kind of went away going well i don't know what happened i don't know if they how they died and i i was like it's pretty freaking obvious i mean it's not like handed to you on a platter but there's nothing in there that leaves any doubt (laughs) as to what happened so yeah, I was a little bit befuddled by those reviews.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not entirely sold on the ending, but I thought it was clear enough. Yeah, I thought, considering,
0: you know, there were several deaths and <laughs> big revelations, um, it felt a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah. But I, c-
1: I don't think I could put my finger on exactly why. Um... I don't. I think it's because it was tied up to fate for me. It was like, well, it was almost like if she got in the boat, then that was fate for her to drown. But if she hadn't got in the boat, that was fate for her not to to die. Do you know what I mean? Like it. it... And also, and also, I I just didn't feel like Anne. I know. How can you say anyone is capable? But uh, but I just felt like I just didn't feel like something that Anne would do. Right. I don't know. I just thought it it after where it was heading, it felt a little bit and almost actually too neat because okay. it was easier to get rid of Rachel than to com- have her complicatedly still in right the picture. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah.
0: I think for me, I saw it as like fate versus engineered fate. Yeah. You know, because Anne saw, you know, all of these ways that Rachel and Patrick and Leo had, all of these things had happened to them and they had made it work for themselves. They had changed their fates and their outcomes. And I feel like it was part of like the poisoning of being in those relationships and Hmm. coming to rely or accept life as its fate and she decides to go actually no i'm
1: gonna make my own fate yeah if that makes sense i think what i'm unclear on is why did rachel get in the boat where was she going yeah we don't really hear anything about that do we I don't know. Also, mm. you mentioned Leo. Yeah, I, I did not like him from the beginning. Oh no, like, at all. Grim, creepy guy. Horrible. I didn't a hundred percent
0: buy that relationship. Like, I get why Anne was drawn there.
1: Yeah, I felt like I felt like almost it was dragged out too long, because I felt like she was clearly attracted to him, and then, but it was just this prolonged weird dating scenario that i wasn't fully i didn't fully believe
0: yeah i think it was maybe a tiny bit heavy-handed way of being like Anne's finally found you know people that make her feel wanted and special and appreciated even if it's not in a healthy way or a way she should want but i do agree that it was a little bit drawn out
1: and he's just creepy AF. Yeah,
0: he's really creepy.
1: Not he's worse than Patrick, to be honest. I... And that's quite a claim. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he treated her abysmally. He was yeah. awful.
0: I mean, they they all treated each other horrifically.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: There's, there's no, I don't think there's a good person there, is there? No. <laughs> In that book.
1: The only one that for a little while I was like, no, actually, I think I like you was Rachel. And then, then she proper turn, turned. I was like, Oh
0: you learned your lesson there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She drew me in for a minute.
0: Oh, and therein lies her power.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Patrick and and Leo. No. Nope. <laughs> I guess that plays into like
0: the dark, moody and or haunting vibe as well, doesn't it? Because there's just that sense of mistrust. Yeah. Like it felt so foreboding to me. Yeah. Cause most of the novel is it's fairly quiet. There isn't a huge amount of plot. It's just we're just there. We're just kind of watching what's happening. Um but that the atmosphere is so strong and cloying in in a dark academia way, you know?
1: yeah um yeah but it definitely does have that dark moody and haunting vibe
0: definitely hero worship of a particular figure or author i don't
1: think so Mm. no it's not like a it's not an individual is it and i i mean Anne worshipped rachel for a long time yeah
0: she was a bit obsessed with her friendship with her wasn't she like constantly bending to whatever rachel wanted whenever rachel wanted it kind of she was in her pocket really yeah but that kind of broke didn't
1: it it definitely did
0: (laughs) yeah i don't i don't think we can call like the the academic focus like a hero worship of any kind. No. So we did touch on old money, which will collide with new money or no money a little bit earlier. Mm. Is there anything you wanted to add to that?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it's quite clear that Anne doesn't have much money at all, which is Mm. also, I think, partly why she's so easily seduced by Rachel because Rachel can provide for her in a way that Mm -hmm. she can't provide for herself
0: yeah kind of Um, opens up a new world for her doesn't
1: it yeah she's never really seen anything like that before
0: Um. yeah I guess um, perhaps the position of Leo in everything because at the cloisters he is he's the gardener he you know Sells drugs and plants from the gardens of the cloisters on the side. He steals things and sells them on and from the museum. And that's like. But it's also doesn't seem just from desperation and not having any money. There's a. There's almost like a a petty revenge to it. Yeah. When he does it. So I don't think it's
1: quite the same as how we would normally see that that wealth difference in dark no. academia no cuz he i mean he clearly i mean he's his sim- situation is similar to Anne's, like as in like um where he lives yeah um but he's he he's clearly providing enough for himself to be able to live in brooklyn is he in brooklyn queens what was he? i think he's queens isn't it hm um and obviously live and live and work in central new york so he's not he's getting by yeah um and obviously i mean isn't his main thing he wants to kind of have enough money to be able to pursue his dream of being a playwright playwright yeah yeah which
0: i think is exactly what we were talking about when we mentioned it earlier yeah it's having the money and the comfort behind you to pursue, to pursue art and academia without having to worry about making a living first yeah i think it's quite interesting how both leo and anne who have perhaps similar backgrounds in that respect it shows kind of the way the different ways that they try to escape that yeah. you know um, Anne went through education. And then murder. <laughs> <Anne> murder <laughs> then. Leo went through thievery and drugs.
1: I think with Anne, what's interesting though is that she does have the skills to make quite a lot of money if she chose to just apply herself in a way that wouldn't necessarily feed her passions like because she can Mm. how many languages has she got like six something something. like that isn't it yeah so the amount of like high paying jobs she could get even just in new york just on her yeah based on her linguistics oh um, absolutely but obviously she chooses to she wants to work in a field that she's passionate about so Mm. it's more of a struggle and i guess getting rid of rachel
0: put her in that prime spot where she's got the pick of anything and everything she can you know set how much money someone's going to pay her to be a part of their team or you know she kind of set herself up for that life now where she is entirely in control
1: it's interesting isn't it because like traditionally you see the protagonists not have kind of like the happy ending that they they were hoping for
0: yes it explodes in their face usually
1: yeah and whereas this i mean whether you can or can't call it a happy ending she got what she wanted she's not dead and she's not in prison (laughs) (laughs) and she's still working at the cloisters yeah
0: in fact she's you know got a crazy cool academic reputation now (laughs) and probably a butt ton of money go get them gal (laughs) (laughs) that's what's bad (coughs) part of me kind of cheers her on a little bit (laughs) like this this is not good you shouldn't be doing that (laughs) but also i hated rachel so i was like "Mm."
1: i did by the end yeah like i said she won me over for a minute i was like oh and then because i got me thinking like maybe Rachel isn't going to be the bad guy. <laughs> like you just knew from the minute she walked in the room when you met her, yeah. that she was the bad guy. But it's, I think because you get, I mean, there's, there's, are there any good guys in this story? That's the point. But um, <laughs> you no. kind of get, I kind of got like blindsided by how g- like gross Leo was and just how mm. also cr- gross Patrick was. Yeah, gross and intense Patrick was. So I was like, oh, maybe Rachel isn't. The bad guy here. Maybe it'll be like like,
0: girls going after it together kind of thing, but not so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's everyone for themselves. (laughs) Yes.
1: Uh, So weather as a literary device. I mean, it's hot. It is.
0: It's a steamy, humid New York summer.
1: And that kind of forces them inside together.
0: Yeah, Definitely. And I think it also really demonstrates the, the wealth difference of uh, Anne sweating, having to walk up um, the Upper East Side or the West Side? I can't remember. Mm-mm. But having to, you know, get the uh, get the subway and then walk in that sweltering summer heat, whereas Rachel gets dropped off by her
1: driver
0: her driver (laughs) in a town car yeah (laughs) exactly um i think that demonstrates it quite nicely
1: yeah
0: and i think it also kind of hammers home that idea of like this this world of academia as a reprieve as a safe space even though everything about the feeling says this is not a safe space for anne yeah or for anyone so i think that's quite clever the way that's kind of built up and contrasted yeah and
1: and then you've got the the intensity of summer which just keeps ramping up Mm -hmm. um and you just know at some point it's going to break yeah because either a storm will come or eventually the season changes yeah and it's interesting isn't it because usually we lean more towards an autumnal setting Mm -hmm. for a dark academia title but I mean, we have seen it demonstrated, though, that the summer can be just as effective. I think any season can be effective, but there is also something very intense. And yeah. Like, like the
0: ruins. Yeah. That nailed that perfectly, didn't it? Yeah. And even the secret history has like, covers all of the seasons, really. Yeah. And there's that summer, isn't there, at the country house? Hmm. See, so,
1: yeah, I yeah. think it used weather well.
0: I do too. So finally, we have underdeveloped social skills, or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider.
1: I mean, she is at first an outsider. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think she. I guess because it's it's just the three of them in that room, most of the time, and Patrick and Rachel have a relationship, which one ick. Um. <laughs> I guess she's outside of that, isn't she, even when she is in on the tarot secret, yeah, and the um the 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 significance of this potential discovery mm. she's still on the outside of like their history together outside of this world of wealth and um. Academic parties and conferences. I think that there's a comment, isn't it, when she goes to one of the one of the speaking events and she leaves, and someone's like, "Oh, you're not sucking up to someone to get a placement." Yeah, like like every single other person in that room. Um, that paints her very clearly as an outsider.
1: Yeah, I think even with her relationship with Leo, because even when they're together, she still feels uh left out in a sense because she see when she sees like Leo and Rachel together like mm. there's there's still something that she's yeah. like I'm not in on. Yeah, she almost doesn't trust that she's been given all of the
0: information and she hasn't.
1: No. <laughs> not,
0: not by anybody. I I think that makes I think that actually makes her kind of decisions at the end a bit more clearer though yeah because she's never been truly a part of them she doesn't owe anyone in that respect you know not necessarily that i think that just like <laughs> what she could be like well they didn't let me in on this you know it was pure chance kind of but also Even though-
1: what a risk what if rachel i know had survived yeah (laughs) yeah that's uh uncomfortable isn't it (laughs) and that bit like i the bit that i thought was very well done was like you knew something was really off obviously she's hitchhiking her way back into town you know something is proper Mm -hmm. off but it's not until she goes into work and they're like we didn't expect to see you here. And you're like, why? Leo's, is it because Leo's like been arrested? Is that, is that the problem here? And they're like, Tch. she's like, why? Like, why oh, haven't you heard? <laughs> Rachel's passed away. I did and a you're gasp. Like,
0: oh, <gasps> <laughs> guess <laughs> <laughs> I was so surprised. I wasn't really expecting that still.
1: But also so clever of Anne to go to her, that friend's house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was with a friend. I didn't know.
0: Exactly. And I guess no one knew she was there in the in the first place. No, because the house, the um like the housekeeper wasn't there. It was all shut up. Um. And I, yeah. did they drive? I don't. Did they get the plane that time? No, I think they drove. Didn't yeah. They? So there's no. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, there's no one else there to place her there because they didn't leave the property, did they? No. So very clever very clever was there anything else that you wanted to bring up about this one
1: um i don't think so i think we've kind of meandered and covered most of the things that i wanted to say it just feels very clean cut to me this book yeah Yeah. I there are plenty plenty of things that i could talk about do you know what i mean like that it's the kind of book that if you wanted to pull pieces apart they're not necessarily relevant to dark academia but they're Plenty of things that you could talk about, but like I think in terms of what we're discussing, it's quite clear to me. Yeah, me too. So I guess I, sh- I should ask you the
0: question then. Sarah, is the Cloisters Dark Academia? Heck yes. Agreed. <laughs> An unequivocal yes Yeah, from both of us. Like the second I started reading this the, and that atmosphere closed in, I was like, yes, mm. finally.
1: <laughs> I'm just loving this whole like female-centered dark academia train that we seem to have found. Mm. It, yeah. What did,
0: what did you call it? You decided it had a, it had it? Oh, dip?
1: just. I think. I think we just decided it to be modern dark academia. Modern dark academia. Yeah. Mm. As
0: opposed to you know the the male focus, the sidelining and kind of borderline abuse of women in. <laughs> books like secret history and mm. if we were villains that kind of era of academia
1: yeah it's a new generation baby oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this
0: is the second to last episode of the season so oh. it is our finale next time and we will be talking about how we fall apart by katie zhao Crazy Rich Asians meets One of Us is Lying in this electrifying way thriller where students at an elite prep school are forced to confront their secrets when their ex-best friend turns up dead. Nancy Lure is shocked when her best friend Jamie Ruan, top-ranked junior at Sinclair Prep, goes missing and then is found dead. Nancy is even more shocked when word starts to spread that she and her friends, Crystal, Akil and Alexander, are the prime suspects thanks to the proctor, someone anonymously incriminating them via the school's social media app. They all used to be Jamie's closest friends, and she knew each of their deepest, darkest secrets. Now, somehow, the Proctor knows them too. The four must uncover the true killer before the Proctor exposes more than they can bear and costs them more than they can afford, like Nancy's full scholarship. Soon, Nancy suspects that her friends may be keeping secrets from her too katie jow's ya debut is an edge of your seat drama set in the pressure cooker world of academics and image at sinclair prep where the past threatens the future these teens have carefully crafted for themselves how we fall apart is the irresistible addicting asian american recast of gossip girl that we've all been waiting for
1: Ooh. i think this one's going to be really fun it gives me um ace of spades vibes
0: yes it does hmm. it definitely does And that'll be our final book of season five. Mm. And in the next episode, we will also be revealing the titles that we will be looking at for season six. So do make sure you tune in and find out what those are because you will be the first to know about them.
1: We also... uh send them out in our mailer so again if you are not subscribed to our mailer you can join it by going to the dark perfect
0: thank you so much for listening
1: we really appreciate
0: it and if you wish to subscribe or follow the podcast in any way that you can on your chosen podcast li- listing platform we would really appreciate it it really helps us out and we will speak to you next time bye bye